Chapter 7, The Priceless Value of True Spiritual Understanding The creators in nearly a hundred scriptures directly and indirectly admonish all but beg their people to seek spiritual understanding of them and theirs. Yet how very few are or have been honestly seeking or even willing to find that true spiritual understanding. There was one, though, King Solomon. Let's read how very pleased the creators were with him for asking for understanding and wisdom in lieu of riches. He was immensely blessed for what he asked, not just with wisdom, but with wealth. Would we have done the same in his shoes? Let's read it in 1 Kings 3.11. There it says, Yahweh said to him, Because you have asked this thing, that is wisdom, and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. And then continuing in 1 Kings 4.29, And Yahweh gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart, like the sand on the seashore. Solomon himself was instrumental in passing on the priceless value of seeking understanding. Let's read some of that advice the wisest and apparently richest man who ever lived shares with us in Proverbs. Chapter 1 verse 7 says, The fear or respect of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 8 verse 10 tells us, Receive my instruction, not silver and knowledge, rather than choice gold. How much better to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Solomon, supposedly the wisest man to ever live, was convinced gaining true, not traditional, knowledge and understanding is worth far more than silver and gold. Is that the emphasis we place upon true versus traditional Bible and spiritual understanding? Just to establish the point, if someone offered us a million dollars or true non-traditional biblical understanding, which would we choose? Honestly. Well, the answer to that one is fairly obvious. People naturally choose traditional understanding and money over truth, and most of those think they wouldn't are mostly lying to themselves. Let's continue in Proverbs 8.14, where wisdom, or hokma in the Hebrew, tells us what understanding really is. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. Here, Hokma or wisdom, dogmatically states she is understanding. That's quite a shocking statement, but that sentiment is further reinforced in Proverbs 3.19. There it tells us, Yahweh by wisdom or Hokma founded the earth by understanding he established the heavens. The inescapable conclusion here is the Creator's power and strength are wrapped up in true understanding. That said, how ironic in my observation so few people are interested. Why are the traditional teachings of whatever particular denomination one belongs so much more important than the true creators and their teachings? With that thought, the other side of the coin is painted for us in passages like Proverbs 1.28, where it says, They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge, and they did not choose the fear or respect of Yahweh. If we hate true understanding, we will not find it. Another scripture in 2 Thessalonians 2.10 echoes the same basic sentiment. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. 
And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Plainly, this passage shows rejecting spiritual or biblical understanding is to personally reject our creators. On the other hand, if we embrace true biblical understanding, we're promised that understanding will keep us as we are told in Proverbs 2.11. There it says, Discretion will preserve you and understanding will keep you. The way of understanding is life. Forsake foolishness and live and go on the way of understanding. With that thought in mind, Job 17.4 shows us the Creator's understanding, which he hides from the proud, by the way. The Creator's understanding is exalting. There it says, For you have hidden their heart from understanding, therefore you will not exalt them. We've just read three major reasons for seeking understanding. Preservation, life, and exaltation. But the greatest reason for seeking understanding is because Yahweh, and Hokma, of course, is understanding. In seeking and growing in understanding, we are seeking and growing in Him. It's that simple. Proverbs 147.5 tells us, Yahweh, Great is Yahweh and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. That sentiment is echoed in Isaiah 40.28, where it says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, Yahweh, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unreachable. In other words, it's a gift. Speaking of eternal life, when I was little, eternal life in heaven actually frightened me. You see, being an original ADHD kid, my first thought upon hearing about living forever in heaven was an eternity of boredom was more like hell in my mind. I was taught when we go to heaven, we would know everything and be perfect. Our Christian taught concept of perfect may seem all well and good, but as time passed, I began to notice that every day I learned something new or experienced something new, it was a good day. The horrible thought of hitting the glass ceiling to never learn or experience anything new and then to be stuck there for eternity was a nightmare, and in my concept, literal hell. But thanks to the Creator's Torah, I have come to understand there is no limit to how much understanding in which we can grow and increase, for eternity that is, if we desire. Living forever has now become a glorious concept. Again, the Old Testament has such a wealth of passages advising us the importance of seeking understanding. But the New Testament echoes the same truth in Philippians 1.9. There it tells us, And this I pray, that your love may abound and still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Let's add to that scripture one directed at the spiritual leaders, or the Jews, or rabbis, in the first century. Woe to you lawyers, that is, teachers of the law, the ministry, for you have taken away, or thrown away, the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in you hindered. These spiritual leaders were directly hindering their people from entering the Creator's family, which is the real purpose for understanding. By not allowing people to grow in understanding, it's impossible for them to prepare for the anointing of Yahweh's Spirit, which is the key to that door. Unfortunately, because of the rebellious, prideful hearts of the leaders of Israel, ancient and modern, the Creators literally, physically and spiritually, closed their eyes and ears. If we display an uninterested attitude toward them and their Torah, meaning instruction, we can be sure to expect or lay claim to the admonition to Job in chapters 12 and 24. 
He takes away the understanding of the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in a pathless wilderness. It's like the Dark Ages until now. We see that same thought echoed in the New Testament. In Ephesians 4.18 we read, Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from immortal life of Yahweh because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. What a frightening proposition to think our creators allow demons to blind us because of a rebellious attitude. But the good news is Yahweh promises understanding will be and is being restored. In Habakkuk 2.14 we're told, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now let's look at Isaiah 11.2 where it tells us the spirit of Yahweh shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom or chokmah and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of Yahweh. And then one more in the New Testament in Ephesians 1.18 we're told the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Bottom line, before the kingdom of heaven can be established here on earth, a great awakening of spiritual understanding has to occur. Are we humble and desiring enough to be a part of that spiritual awakening? Or will we stick with the accepted fables and traditional church interpretations? That spiritual dawn is here for all who have eyes to see and, of course, ears to hear. In the continuing discovery of the real truth of the Bible scriptures, it's imperative we have a grasp of the true and original meanings of words. After all, how on earth are we going to understand what the scriptures teach if we think the words mean something completely different from what the writers intended? It doesn't take much of a study to realize how words, phrases, and concepts morph into something very different from their original meanings. In fact, a Bible scripture points out this very thing in Isaiah 5.20 where it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. In the next chapter, we'll investigate this morphed religious language which has evolved over the last half millennium. Christianity, due primarily to the translators, has literally created a whole new unbiblical religious language which they proudly proclaim to anyone who will listen.